In this episode of Locked On Capitals, the Washington Capitals fall flat in game number two. Let's talk about it next on Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this is also a video podcast on YouTube, so check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find this show on t- Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. So, wow, what a rough game. The Capitals fall to the Panthers 5-1. to one. We'll talk about that tonight. What went wrong? How could it be such an about face from game number one? We're going to talk about the impact of Tom Wilson and what a noticeable thing it is that when he's not in the lineup. And then we'll talk about goaltending. Yes, once again, goaltending is going to rear its ugly head. We'll talk about that tonight. So to start off, the Washington Capitals had a rough night. Make no mistake about it. They lost 5-1. to one. And uh, the story of this game is that there is not that compete level that the Florida Panthers have. Why is it that the Florida Panthers are bringing this huge physical game and the Washington Capitals are pretty much just letting them get away with whatever they want? Garnet Hathaway was getting rubbed out into the side of the boards. Oshie was getting hit. No one was doing anything. And Gudis, Gudis is doing Gudis things again. If you saw that in the game, he kind of picked Hathaway up off the ground and threw him onto the ice. They both got penalties on that play. But what are the refs seeing? What is going on out there? And where is the Washington Capitals physical game? Before this season started, everyone lament or talked about how big the uh, players are on the Washington Capitals. You know, they got these big frames and Tom Wilson and Alex Ovechkin and Anthony Mantha. And it's just going to be a real tough team out there. You're not going to want to face them because they're going to be a physical team. And I know Tom Wilson was missing and his his presence was missed. We'll talk about that later in the show. But the Washington Capitals have got to find a way to meet the Florida Panthers on their level of physicality and Gudis has got to get put in his place. I'm not going to say what needs to get done to him, but something needs to happen. So he understands that that's not the way the Washington Capitals play hockey. And that's, you're not going to get away with that with us. And I think, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, I think that that's, what's going to need to happen. Someone's going to need to be an enforcer in Tom Wilson's absence and set the record straight with Gudis. I mean, he's gone away with too many, um, indiscretions out there, shall we say. Uh, he seems to just be getting away with whatever he wants. You, you know, that uh, play with Hathaway when he threw him into the ice, that happened after the whistle. And then you think about that high stick that hit Tom Wilson in the face on in game one. I know that's not the one that led to his injury, but still, he thinks that he can get away with murder. And as up to right now, he has got away with murder. So some guy on the Washington Capitals is going to have to, have to take some initiative and put these Florida Panthers in their place. They've done it all the entire game, and I've heard things on Twitter. They're saying, well, what are you trying to say that they should pick fights with everyone? What I'm saying they need to do is they need to meet the Florida Panthers on the same level of physicality 
that they're hitting at us. That's what we have to do. We have to hit fire with fire. And, you know, I don't know if this is Peter Laviolette hockey where he doesn't want to have this physical game. I know when Barry Trotz was pushing the buttons and pulling the strings for the Capitals, he would dial in a physical game. So maybe that's Peter Laviolette's game. Maybe he's his thing is, you know, don't get into fights or you're going to spend too much time in the penalty box. And there's some truth to that. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not an invalid point, but this Florida Panthers team, much like game one, they were just running the Washington Capitals into the boards, throwing them onto the ground, and we did nothing about it. Why did no one drop the gloves and take on one of these players that was trying to do that? Most notably, Gudis. He seems to be kind of just the snarly guy that uh, he's almost worse than a Tom Wilson, you know, um, how people view him outside the league. I mean, kind of unprovoked. I mean, I know that Hathaway kind of got up to him a little bit like that. But then after the whistle, Gudis threw Hathaway into the ice. It's not going to be out. That cannot stand. They need to fix that situation quick. Um, otherwise, it's going to be uh, the end of the series because, uh, you know, th- between that and them getting great goal scoring production out of their players, we all know that the Florida Panthers were stacked with goal scores and they came out to play tonight and they made it apparent in an embarrassing game, five to one, the Capitals lose. How are they going to turn this around before it gets out of hand? I know I'm not trying to horribleize it. I know that the series is tied one to one. But, you know, that kind of leaves a negative taste in your mouth. Five to one. That is what I will call a statement loss. The Capitals have got to find a way to to turn it around. They only got one goal tonight from Nicholas Backstrom. And Ovechkin said, we knew it was going to be a tough, long series. Nothing to do right now. This is him speaking, so a little bit of broken English. Just move on and forget about it. It doesn't matter the score. One to nothing or ten to nothing, we still lost. If you compare the two games, they were two different games. Bounces, you know what I mean? Mistakes. Capitals captain Alex Ovechkin after the 5-1 to loss in Game 2. And I'm going to paraphrase it here for you because this is a family show. Crap happens. Move on. 1-1. How I said it's a good scenario for us, which... You know, you're going to have to kind of translate that on your own. What he's saying in that is, you know, it's a good scenario uh, that the series is tied. You know, it's not like the Capitals are down two games, but nonetheless, they have to fix this physical situation. They are going to be playing at Capital One Arena on Saturday. And it just seems like it's fallen on deaf ears. What are they going to do about that physical game that it's just the glaring thing out there. And then the poor net minding and then the poor defense, this was just a poor game all around. And uh, you know, like I say it, uh, they have to, they have to find a way to do it. Uh, we have a tight series going back to washing, looking forward to playing in front of our fans. Nick Backstrom said, and Nick Backstrom is, you know, just trying to lessen the blow of the loss. But you know, the thing of it is, is that the Washington capitals have not played particularly well at home this year. So hopefully they can turn it around. Hopefully everyone at Capital One Arena can really up their game and just really scream and, you know, kind of rattle that Florida team because it was a rough game to watch out there. And it almost seemed like a unrecognizable team uh, compared to game one. All right. After the break here, I'm going to break down the game, the highlights, the lowlights, and there are some lowlights to talk about in this game. But first, summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled for the summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. 
With Built Bars, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars or Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that the Built Bars you eat are healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Built Puffs? We are going crazy for the Puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like churro and it has only 140 calories? Sign me up. If that's not enough flavor for you, you might want to try the Mixed Box. The Mixed Box comes with 12 flavors and bars and puffs. Built Bars make the perfect snack on the go. Know what my favorite flavor is? It is the churro. I love the churro. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Built.com to get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, in this next segment here, we're going to break down the game and uh, just talk about what went wrong in this game. And uh, just to start off, it was Vanacek versus Bobrovsky. And uh, that was a pretty good match out there. I know what I said in the previous podcast, that Bobrovsky has had issues in net in the postseason. That was not the case tonight. Uh, Statistics are not always accurate, as it turns out. Tom Wilson was out. That was the most notable, noticeable thing. If you don't think that Tom Wilson has an impact on this team, how did the Capitals play tonight? Do I think the Capitals would have won tonight if Tom Wilson was playing? Mm, Maybe, but probably still not. But his physical presence uh, would have made a difference. And, you know, he scored the first goal of the game number one. So, I mean, just his goal scoring alone, plus his intimidating uh, intimidation factor is huge. Ovi has 71 playoff goals, 77 and 72 playoff record for Coach LaViolette. Forsling and Hathaway get tangled up to start off the game. And uh, that's what I'm just talking about. It started off as just kind of a physical... A heavy game right from the start. Florida applying heavy pressure halfway through the first on the PP from the Backstrom penalty. TJ Oshie nearly got a goal off the post. So to start off the game, they were getting some offensive production. They were getting shots on net, which is half the battle. Uh, Sometimes you see those games and they don't even get any shots on net. And then that's when you really have to worry about how things are going. TJ Oshie, like I said, almost got that goal off the post. Florida getting great shots on net, but haven't found the back of the net yet here in the first. And then Ekblad, goal off a deflection, a Caps player. It looked to be Faravari. Panthers get the one to nothing lead with 340 left in the first period. Ekblad with a point shot that deflects in. So that was the icebreaker there, and that was, you know, a story of things to come. Barkov. Goal stuffs up close. That was one of the ones where Barkov was right up front and uh, Vitek Vanacek had to kind of position himself from one side of the net to the other real quick, but not fast enough. Vanacek sprawling, trying to make the save. Two to nothing Panthers. Panthers go up two to nothing with 2.02 left in the first period. Barkov at the doorstep. Capitals now to the PK with 154 left in the first. Delay of game penalty. Washington down two to nothing. And then Duclair shoves Van Riemsdyk well after the whistle. And this is what I'm talking about. This kind of just reminded me of this. These are all my game notes that I took. 
the whistles had, or excuse me, the refs had their whistles in their pocket in this game. Duclair shoved Van Riemsdyk much after the whistle. At the end of the first period, nothing was done about it. And uh, that's what I'm just saying. It almost seems like a prison scene where, you know, you got these young inmates in there and they're just smacking them around and no one's standing up for themselves. Well, guess what? The Florida Panthers realize that we can kind of throw the Capitals around like a rag doll and they're not going to do nothing about it. If there's any Capitals players that happen to listen to this podcast, listen to what I'm saying. Up your physical game if you want to get back into the series or it's going to be curtains for this team and you're going to be setting up tea time. So get it together before it's too late. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's not really debatable out there. It's not even net minding a goal. It's upping the physical game. I know I've talked about it the last couple games, and I don't want to go over the top here with it. But, you know, when I was watching this game, it was a bit frustrating that the Capitals did not have an answer for any of that. It was just all game. It was that Duclair thing. It was... It was the goodest thing. It was just all game long that they were just kind of throwing the Capitals around like a rag doll, and they did nothing about it. All right. So then in the second period, Gudis again with a late hit on Hathaway. When are the Caps going to put him in his place? Both got a penalty on that. Nick Backstrom power play goal from up close. Impossible angle. Two to one Panthers. Capitals get on the board. Some excitement in the game and, you know, just kind of Nick Backstrom doing Nick Backstrom things, which is just sharpshooting from a a sharp angle on the right side of the net. Even Bobrovsky had to kind of look in the air and go, are you serious, Backstrom, right now? How did this happen? He thought he had the gap closed between his body and and the post, but he didn't. And Nick Backstrom was a sharpshooter and got it in there. Wow, what an angle. 27 seconds later, Mark Marchman got uh, a goal. It was 3-1 to one Panthers. Panthers come right back and make it 3-1. to one. Game was 16-49 left in the second. Then Reinhardt to Lindell. Goal 4-1 to one Panthers. Florida goes up 4-1 to one on a nice 2-on-1 two two, two on one from the Panthers with 436 left in the second. And this is when the wheel was really starting to wobble for the Washington Capitals. And at this point, you know, they were, it was that physical game and then they were just getting all kinds of goal scoring. It would have taken a team of extreme mental toughness to overcome that team. The Florida Panthers were throwing everything at the Washington Capitals. They pulled that kitchen sink out of the wall and they threw it right at the Washington Capitals and it knocked the Capitals flat on the ground. Florida goes up 5-1 to one with 2.28 left in the second period on a goal by Verhage. End of the second, Panthers 5, Capitals 1. Shots on goal 24-18. Washington at the end of second. And then Ilya Samsonov, who came in, he should have been warming in the bullpen earlier. Ilya Samsonov in net to start the third period. Capitals, Washington down 5-1. to one. And, you know, it's it's just one of the things with the net minding, and I'm not going to get into this too much. I'll talk about it in the later segment of the show, but they cannot get consistency. You know, after game one, everyone was talking about Vanacek and, you know, pounding their chest saying, I told you about Vanacek. He's such a great netminder. Those same people look him up on Twitter have totally turned on him. So Ilya Samsonov in the net to start the third period for the Capitals. Vitek Vanacek let five goals in on 18 shots. <sighs> Moving on. Hathaway with a 10-minute misconduct. Ilya Samsonov has faced almost as many shots, 17 in one period, as Vitek Vanacek did in the first two periods. And guess what? He did not allow a goal in. So guess who's starting in game three? 
If there's anyone with common sense, Ilya Samsonov is starting in game three. Vanacek went 13 of 18. Samsonov went 17 of 17. Oshie appeared to be in some discomfort skating off there after getting tangled with Marchment. And that was one of the things, too, that, you know, TJ Oshie always plays bigger than he is, and he did tonight as well. And uh, that's the last thing we need is someone like Oshie or one of these great goal scorers to get injured. Just someone with a winning pedigree. I know that Oshie is not one of the top three scorers on the team, but he has a great hockey IQ. It's through the roof. He has a Harvard hockey IQ. If you just uh, see him play out on the ice, then Johansson got plastered by Hornquist. (laughs) This is what I'm talking about the entire game. And guess what? No response. Hathaway called for boarding. Okay. So Hathaway did something there. It seems like Hathaway is the only one that's got a set on the team. That's actually taking on, the Florida Panthers. Hathaway called for boarding Hornquist at 9.54. Final Capitals 5-1 to one to the Panthers in Game 2. Series all tied up 1-1. One to one. Game 3 is Saturday afternoon at Capital One Arena. Panthers defeat Capitals 5-1. to one. It's a best-of-seven series that is tied 1-1. One to one. So we got to hope that home cooking is what the Washington Capitals are looking for because eating on the road made them sick tonight. They feasted on these Panthers, and it made them sick. And uh, let's hope that they can turn it around at home. Capitals will not practice on Friday and will hold media availability at 9 a.m. at the team hotel. I may have another podcast for you tomorrow. Uh, We only usually do these Monday through Friday, but I might do another one since it is the playoffs. It all depends on what time I have, but the Capitals have got to find a way to, to just to turn this around before it is too late. And I don't want to get too down on this team. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on this because I'm really not. I understand what Alex Ovechkin was saying. This is only one game because you know the thing of it is they could go home and play the Panthers on Saturday and they could have a similar outcome as far as score goes, except in reverse, say the Capitals win five to one and all will be forgotten. And that's the thing about it is, is that, you know, winning really kind of takes the stink off of a poor game. And that's what I'm talking about, Capitals fan. I know I'm all worked about this because you want to know something I care. I followed this team a long time and I know that they made it to the Stanley Cup, but I still want them to do well. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm, I, I still have faith in this team. I'm not, you know, throwing my hands in and saying, you know, that this Capitals team is done. I just think they need to work on some things. And I think that everyone uh, would agree on that. All right, after the break here, we are going to talk about the goaltending situation. Yes, the goaltending situation needs to be addressed. But first, Bet Online is the number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses as the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby bat is back. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, now make your own this thank you for making locked on capitals your first listen for your next listen and check out locked on now podcasts nightly recaps of every nhl game with analysis from our local experts it's free and available wherever you get your podcast so in this final segment here we are going to talk about the net minding situation for the washington capitals and what they have to do to win what are their keys 
of success if they want to move on into the next round, or at least let's not even have goals that far down the road. How are they going to win game number three? I think you know where I'm going here is that the Capitals, I know if they're getting a directive from Peter Laviolette to not play a, a physical game, maybe I need to have a conversation with Peter Laviolette. They need to up their physical game to meet the Florida Panthers so they can at least compete on a le- on a higher level. Because like I say, just reading over my game notes in that previous segment, they had their way with the Washington Capitals. But net minding, let's get to the task at hand, is that the Washington Capitals, they knew that this was an issue in the beginning of the year. I did a podcast on this last summer on my previous podcast where I talked about the net minding situation. It was one of the first episodes I ever did. It was entitled, it was titled The Net Minding Situation. And just to kind of look back on the Washington Capitals net mining situation, what it was is that it was supposed to be Henrik Lundqvist, who was going to be the net miner for the Washington Capitals, and Ilya Samsonov was going to back him up. Well, let's just kind of turn back time here. If you guys remember what happened, Henrik Lundqvist had a heart condition, an underlying heart condition, did not play one game with the Washington Capitals. So then it was Ilya Samsonov and question mark. They had Vitek Vanacek, who was... You know, one of the better netminders in AHL Hershey got thrust into action and he played pretty good. Last year, you, you can't really argue about the fact that um, Vitek Vanacek played great hockey and then made it all the way to the playoffs. And in a fluke accident, he kind of went into the splits and got injured. And that was it for Vitek Vanacek and the Capitals fell shortly thereafter. So they knew the situation going into the offseason last year that it was Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek, two young netminders. At the time, it was the youngest tandem in the NHL, an unproven commodity. This is a team that preaches all the time about a window that's open, but it's closing more and more, and they're in win-now mode and yada, yada, yada. Well, if this team is in win-now mode and that's what they're their MO is, that's what they want to do is to win now, then they need a good netminder. You know, and that's the thing is they did nothing to ad- to address the situation in net. They did nothing. And in the playoffs here, they called up Zach Fukali, which I think is a good idea. But let's not get it down to game seven before he put him in there. If the Capitals struggle throughout this series and they and they don't have any luck with either netminder, Vitek Vanacek or Ilya Samsonov, they need to go with number three. And I'm not saying that he's going to be Superman and go in there and fly in there in his cape and fix everything. But he did play pretty good in Hershey this year, and he played good uh, for the, or he played well rather for the Capitals in the uh, games that he played. I think he had one off game, if memory serves. So, but in any case, they cannot go down with a ship with Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek. Otherwise, I think there's going to be a lot of other people trying to answer questions in the offseason, most notably Brian McClellan. And I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but I think if the Capitals make a first round exit and they did nothing, they did nothing to rectify the goaltending situation, he may be looking for a new job. I think that Brian McClellan will be looking for a new job if the Capitals make a first-round exit. He is the general manager of the team, and he did nothing to rectify the situation in net. This was a situation that has been known for a long time, and he did nothing about it. When I talked to J.J. Regan last month, you know, one of the things he said is they should have just picked up a veteran minder and hoped that maybe he caught fire. You know, maybe one of those guys that was on the chart there uh, during free agency, they should have just signed one of them. You know, it would have been worthwhile just to see what they had because now what are they left with? They don't have that veteran netminder out there. I mean, the most veteran netminder on the team is Phoenix Copley, and he's not exactly the greatest goaltender in the world either. 
So the Capitals have got some big decisions to make. Hopefully they can make it past this series and they can make a deep run. But there are going to be people that have to answer questions if the Washington Capitals make an early exit. This isn't something that was thrust upon them. This isn't like one of the goalies got injured late in the season. This has been an issue for a long time and they've done zero to take care of it. So that is what I'm going to say is going to happen if the Capitals make a first round exit. I would I would not be surprised at all if Brian McClellan loses his job over this. This is this is, you know, especially Alex Ovechkin chasing the gold title and, you know, all these players in this nucleus of this win now mode are getting older. They're not getting any younger and we squandered and we wasted another season. You know, I'm not saying the goaltending can fix everything. And I know a lot of people talk to me on Twitter and they say, Dan, it's not all quit blaming the goaltenders all the time. It's the defense. Touche. I agree with you. It's not just the goaltending. They need to rectify many areas in this game. And that's why I talked about a rebuild, you know, a few weeks ago. So I do think changes are coming uh, with this team if they do not make it past the first round. I would be very surprised and, you know, kind of dumbfounded if they just go into the next season just like they were now. You know, if they start camp next year and it's game number one of the regular season and it's Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov, my head's going to blow up. I don't know what's going to happen, but it just doesn't make any sense that they, they, they went down with this. There's some, you know, really smart hockey minds. And, you know, there's a lot of people that throw things at me. They say, well, you know, they're so close to the cap. They could not afforded it. You know, nonsense. They could have moved someone out of the game, out of the, um, out of the team to make room for a netminder. You know, you think about last year, uh, Craig Anderson or whoever they had on the team, uh, they they could have even used someone like him on the Washington Capitals this this season, for example, because look at what he did in Buffalo, and uh, you know they they could have used someone like that with you know just a veteran uh, netminder, kind of a steady hand that's been around the league for a while that can say, you know, you young guys, maybe you sit you sit this one out, and Peter Laviolette's going to have me play this one. I know that's not how things go, but anyway, Peter Laviolette would probably play him just based on his performance. So anyway, that's what the Washington Capitals have to do. You know, if they make a quick exit, is they need to to fix a netminder because let's face it, what they're dealing with right now is Samsonov, Vanacek, and Fukali. That's it. That's all she wrote for this. So, I mean, unless you know one of the forwards or defensemen want to strap on goalie pads, that's what they're all in on. And I know it's it's the consistency that worries me so much about it because Vanacek, who was so gr- good in game number one, was so bad in this game, and that's in that's if you know if you could summarize the Washington Capitals netminders. That would be it. Inconsistent. You know, Sam Sonoff played well, but he could play horrible the next one. You just don't know what you have. There's no Brayden Holpe, some steady Eddie that goes in there and you know what you got. There's no Max Scherzer going on the mound and knowing, you know what, we're going to get a win tonight. There's no one like that anymore on, uh, in, in net for the Washington Capitals. They don't even have a Grubauer or anything like that anymore. You know, so maybe, you know, it's in-house. Maybe it's Hunter Shepard. Maybe it is Fukali. Maybe it's, you know, a Phoenix Copley. Who the heck knows? But all I know is that the Capitals have got to do something about net. That is glaring more than anything. They do have some depth in Hershey in the defense position and that kind of thing. But they still could use some help uh, if you take a look at that. And, you know, I've talked to some people that are like, okay, you need to make change in defense. Who are you taking out? It's a good question. Ask yourself that question right now. Make changes in defense. Who are you taking out? You know, Dmitry Orloff? Are you taking John Carlson out? Are you taking Jensen out? Who are you taking out of that lineup? Trevor Vans, Reamsdyke? Who? You know, I mean, if you look at it, you know, in a vacuum, it's really hard to look at it that way. Who would you take out of the lineup right now? Knee-jerk reaction. Okay, we'll give you another defenseman. Who are you pulling out of the lineup to put him in there? 
cool. You know, that, that, that's a really tough question for the Capitals to answer because none of those guys in a vacuum are horrible players. Dmitry Orlov is an amazing defenseman, a great offensive. He's got, he's rugged and he's tough and he can score goals and he's got, uh, you know, he makes those hip checks and everything out there. He's just, he's so dialed in and he's a great hockey player. Who are you going to get rid of? John Carlson? John Carlson, an all-star who was probably considered one of the greatest Washington Capitals defensemen of all time. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, solid. Martin Faravari, solid. Who are you pulling out of this Capitals lineup to put in there? So it's not as easy, you know, when people at me on Twitter and they go, it's not defense. Okay, to those same people, who are you pulling out of the lineup and plugging in with that? You know, it's more stark and easy to understand when I talk about net mining because it is so glaring and it's so obvious. So that's what the Capitals are facing as they go through this. And, you know, like I say, if they get a win next game, all will be forgotten. And I'll probably forget about this long diatribe that I've given to you guys today. But, you know, the sting of this horrible loss has left me a little bitter, I got to be honest with you. But I still am optimistic about this team. It's still the same nucleus as long as Ovechkin and Backstrom, John Carlson, TJ Oshie, you know, just this this great lineup of players. I still have a lot of faith, and I still have a lot of pride in this team. And I still think that they can do it. You know, that's one of the things is they just need a netminder to catch fire. And that would be game changer. It would be a game changer. So, you know, despite what I've said tonight, you know, some of it comes off a little negative. But, you know, a lot of it is coming from my heart. This is what I'm saying, what I'm seeing on the ice. But, you know, at my core, I still think that this Capitals team has what it takes to go far in in the playoffs, dare I say, maybe maybe a Stanley Cup. I know it didn't seem obvious tonight, but I still think there's a chance. All right, this has been Locked On Capitals for today. I'm so glad you decided to join me. Like I said, I might do another one of these tomorrow. I got the family's not going to be in the house tomorrow, so I'm going to have the house to myself. So it's going to be a podcasting extravaganza. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL, from the first round matchups to each Stanley Cup. Lo- uh, to each Stanley Cup final, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And I apologize for that one. The ad read did not want to load on there, so I had to do it by memory verbatim. So anyway, thank you for making Locked On Capitals, your first listen today. And that's what I'm talking about, making it your first listen and making it your last listen for the day as I'm recording this at 11.16 p.m. Central. Thank you so much again for joining me. And I will talk to you guys again next time. If not tomorrow, I will have one after the game on Saturday. Thank you for listening.